Well, good morning, my darling cousin Jody, and all of our what is it, uh, nineteen listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm kidding. We have more than nineteen. How are you doing this morning, dear? I'm good. The sun is shining. You know, it's all good. Have my water in hand. Got to keep hydrated. Yeah, no, it's it's actually it's been roasting the last couple of days in Ireland. It's been very warm. Yes, I am not complaining. It's great. It's like roll oh, up summer yeah. days. Yes, picnics and lounging around in the sun and getting vitamin D. Well, finally, I mean, it is uh, what is today? It's Tuesday, June first, twenty twenty one. It is finally, finally, finally. It feels like summer is here. Yeah, we're halfway through the year already. Crazy. Okay, you don't need to be ugly now. There's no need for that. <laughs> why? Why do you have to be rude? Before we know it, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear the c word. I don't like that. No, that's not true. I love Christmas, but by God, we won't talk about it in June, or I'll flip out. No. Uh, everything has its season. Damn it! In court, literally. Um. <laughs> on the last podcast, we, well, you know, we do what we do on Mosaic. We a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And we left off. I had asked you, Jody, uh, you said you'd never seen a show on Netflix called Black Mirror. And it's absolutely fabulous. All the sci-fi people, fans of uh, sci-fi know Black Mirror. They love it. I've only seen a handful of episodes. And the ones I've seen have been really kind of mind-bending, just amazing. Well, there was this one episode. Uh, you think at the beginning it's set in the, in the 80s. And you're like, oh, the music is fabulous because it's all these people dancing in a nightclub. And I actually forgot the name of the episode, but that is neither here nor there. Yeah. People who have seen it will know. Okay, so basically I'm going to ruin the episode for you, Jody, because okay. you haven't seen it. Well, you I don't know. I mean, I am 46. Of, you know, my memory's not great. It could be gone <laughs> within five minutes. <laughs> well, literally, you could literally watch it and then be like, what What happened? What was yeah. We're going to turn into those little old ladies who are watching telly and they look over at their partner and they go, what, what's going on? What, who's he? Is he trying to kill her? She yeah. shouldn't go in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're not quite an old lady, little old little little old lady territory just not yet. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Mm -mm. We're kicking and screaming. We're not doing it. Uh, the episode of Black Mirror, essentially, you you get the gist of what's going on because it looks like this one girl is following another girl through time. They fall in love. They have a lesbian love affair. Oh, okay. And it starts in the '80s, and then suddenly they're in the two early 2000s, and then they're back to the 90s and they're in the 70s. You're like, what in the hell am I watching, right? Yeah. And come to find out that these two women are at the end of their lives. Ah. They're, yeah, basically in a nursing home, very fancy nursing home in the future and kind of in palliative care, hospice care, whatever you want to call it. One, that one I think, is in a coma that she can't come out of. And another yeah. one can, can come and go out of it. But essentially in this future... You have the option at the moment of death, they have figured out through technology how to capture the soul. And instead of allowing you to die in a more natural way to go wherever it is we, we go, yeah. they upload your, your consciousness okay. into this huge computer database. And they allow you to live in this digital heaven where you can hop through time 
and geography. You can live, you can wake up one morning in a beautiful beach house and on the California coast in the 1980s. And then a week later, you could be in, in New York or in Spain or in Sydney in, you know, 2012. Wow. Or you could go to the 1930s. You could go to, you know, whatever they have, you know, in this digital heaven program for you. And it's right. I mean, it's a really interesting question. Like one, if technology were to get there at some stage, yeah. Would human beings choose death, which we've always had, and we don't know what's on the other side of that. Mm. Or would they go, I'm going to skip that part because I don't like it because it's the unknown. I'm going to go with the sure thing. Stick me into, you know, digitize me. Oh, Mm. 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 that's a humdinger. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm, I'm kind of somebody I'm all about certainty. So Mm. I, I like the security of kind of knowing it. I know life doesn't really work like that. Mm. So I'm thinking, but then I do like surprises. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I think, well, wouldn't it be amazing, I suppose, if you could actually pick? So you get to kind of pick how you want your life to be, is it, in this digital? Well, we don't get to do that on Earth particularly, do we? Like a lot of things no. are out of our control. I mean, you know, it. so I suppose if you were able to actually pick, well, that would be kind of intriguing, wouldn't it? I mean, you could upload your consciousness to a digital heaven where – you know, I, I presuming from the episode, you could feel physical uh, uh, sensation. You could eat in this habit. You could have sex. Yeah. You could walk in the ocean and you'd be safe. I mean, you wouldn't be killed. You wouldn't be murdered. You'd never be ill. You'd have a continual existence, mm. I, I presume, for, you know, forever. Or unless there's a power cut. <laughs> then, <you know. laughs> well that's because see like look i mean like like you make the point of we don't even have that in real life like in in our lives so at the moment of death if you could choose that kind of infinite heaven yeah peace and tranquility and joy and fun and seeing friends and like would you do it oh no but the thing is you'd only see friends and family if they also were digitized into this digital heaven so that's kind of the kicker it's like if you're if you lost, and that's what one of the girls in the episode was saying to the other one. She's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to stay here. I was only coming here to play for a few weeks before I die. And I'm going to die and go to the real death. And the other one was saying, but why? I love you. Spend eternity with me. And then she tells this really sad story about, mm. you know, she she says she's still in love with her husband who died however many years ago. And they they had to, they lost their daughter. Yeah, like 29 years of age and they lost her some decades before. And she's like, I want to go wherever they are, even if it's nowhere. And it it was absolutely. And of course, by the end of the episode, I am a sobbing mess on the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) My poor boyfriend did not see that coming. He was was like, baby, I'm so sorry. (laughs) He's sitting there scratching his head like, fuck, I broke this one. Like, what you know? It's a you guys have not actually experienced together yet in your in your short little love affair together, like your time together. You you guys have really kind of packed in. 
I love We've packed it a lot. We've packed it a lot, man. Poor thing. But I mean, literally, honestly, we watched this episode, I'd say maybe four to six weeks before my father got sick. And, yeah. you know, again, touching on that, when you kind of have a, 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 a sixth sense or something that you know that something's not right, someone is not well. Mm. And I was so bonded to my dad. And look, I mean, the writing was on the wall. So if I saw this episode, let's say, early to mid-April, I mean, hello, a month later. And, yeah. and also it was the whole nursing home thing. And that's, yeah. and, you know, and he, and, and he, he was not laughing, but I mean, he like, he knows I cry cause it's Tuesday. Like, I mean, <laughs> I just, if, it, what time is it? Is it time for Elizabeth to cry yet? You know, like I just wear my heart on my sleeve. I cry when I'm angry. Cause I get, fr have you ever been that mad? You get, you cry when you're. Oh, I do. Uh, yes. Cause actually it was interesting actually when like years ago and I was having some difficulty with one of my kids, you know, one of my friends was sort of bemused that, that I don't really lose my rag very often. Like I do have a temper, but it's not, you know, it kind of takes a lot to conjure that. I'm not naturally an angry person, but definitely if I get frustrated or angry, or happy or sad, I'm a crier too. Now. Me too. Now I I don't definitely don't cry as much as you, but, <laughs> you, but I do. I am a crier. Yes. Y'all still go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Why's everybody always picking on me? No, <laughs> you know what it is. Look, I've always been a very heart on my sleeve kind of person. Again, great for acting, not so great in the fucking grocery store. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> but I I would be like I. Of course, people cry when they're sad. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. do cry when I when I get angry. I, yeah. I I would cry. I would get to a point of anger where you're so frustrated at the situation or this other person being an absolute dickhead. Yeah, that, like you, you're furious. You could like literally, you're like, I could actually run them over with my car, but instead, I'm going to sit here and cry <laughs> out of the frustration yeah. that. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> so, I, so I'm just going to sit here and cry about how I can't kill them. <laughs> you know, but so I cry when I'm angry and frustrated. I cry. Now, happy tears is a completely different thing, like altogether. Happy yeah. tears, lovely. That's joyful. That's like, you're so overwhelmed with emotion and that, yes, that I've moved to tears. So yeah, I would cry a little bit and he wasn't expecting it, I don't think, because it, it was science fiction, and maybe not too many people cry at Black Episode Mirrors. I don't know. I haven't taken a poll. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to watch those episodes now, because I'll, it is... I'll so send you a link or something, or tell you where it is on Netflix to find it. It's, what, it's called something like Something San Juniperno, something like that, because that's, that was the name of the heaven. It was like San Juniperno. I think I'm still saying it wrong, but something like that. And because uh, and it opens like on a beach in Florida, you know, which I have to say, I know a lot of Irish people think Florida is the business. But if I were to step, spend the rest of eternity in heaven, I wouldn't want it to be like Florida. No. Where would you, where would you pick? Oof. Oh, we'll see. In this episode, they could kind of hop around the world. If I had to pick just one place, oh, that'd be very difficult. I, I couldn't. I don't know that I could say a city or a or even a country, I would just say, like, give me somewhere where literally, yes, a, a house on the beach where I could wake up to the sounds of, of the waves crashing. And in the distance over there, there would be mountains. And back behind the house, there would be a forest. See, I'm greedy. I want it all. Yeah, see, I love that all that as well, because I was just thinking, you know, obviously, like, I just think of Canada, you know, if I mm. think 
place. Not that I've ever been to Canada, but it's definitely a place I'd like to go. But anywhere where there's lakes and rivers and streams and, yeah. and mountains and trees and all of it. Yeah. And give me a log cabin and oh, I could just oh, sit. paradise. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, be my idea of heaven. Now, maybe have a boyfriend with me as well so I could ha be having some smirchy smirchy. Would be yeah, good. For eternity, yes, please. Thank you. Uh, yeah, hello. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I presume our digital consciousness consciousnesses. Yes, I presume our digital selves would still get horny. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, baby. I think you and I. <laughs> uh, here, there's something in the family. There's a bunch of there's something. Some sort of switch was left in the on position when they made some of the people in our family. I saw the horn balls. Yeah. Because, I mean, these things are supposed to sort of get calmer as you get older. Not with me, it's not. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to say at what age I was like, hmm, I think I would like to have the sex. I mean, I was 18 when I finally did go there, but that's only because I was, look, you know how sometimes you have moments of, of smart in your life? There were moments yeah. of intelligence where I went, you know, I just don't think I'm ready to do this. Because I did have girlfriends yeah. as young as 11, 12, 13, yes. Uh Oh. What? oh yeah and uh-huh and i just remember going you bitches are crazy good luck with that <laughs> i mean i knew by the time i was 15 16 that sex was going to be something very very powerful for me and yeah. i, I mm -mm, you don't you know i i knew that i needed to wait till i was at least a legal adult and had maybe a tiny modicum of maturity you know before i went there yeah. but i've always been i've always been hornball i don't care i'm se i'm sexual i'm I, i'm not i'm tired of people stigmatizing women for it you know i know we'll never really if i'm being honest we'll never really and you've said this before we'll, we'll never be allowed to have sex the way the men do i just i i just don't think so i think you know i just think it's something ingrained and you know, I'm, I'm not even thinking that it's like necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's just there. It's sort of like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just think it's we've come a long way and I'm sure we'll come a, a bit further on with it. But I still think that there are things that guys and girls expect from each other that's just different. I think men ha and women have different roles naturally. Like, I'm sure I'm going to get bashed for this now by all the women libbers that, you know, I think mm -hmm. very well, to, you know, I'm all for like equal rights in relation to pay and things like that. But of course, I mean, come on. I mean, there are jobs that guys can do. <clears throat> I mean, I hate to say the words that women can't do, but you know, I just think that maybe naturally guys want to do that girls don't want to do. Or, you mm. know, like if I think about, you know, when my ex-husband was here doing my garden, I mean, mm. he had no problem doing my garden. Like, you know, cutting all the hedging, doing all the bushes, pulling all the weeds. I mean, I got out yesterday and did a bit of weeding. I was nearly dead. Like, I don't have the physical strength that, you know, my six-foot ex-husband did. Yeah. It, there's no point in me fucking arguing that and going, oh, well, I can do it just as well. Well, I'm sure I can, but I just don't want to. Right. So even he and I, we, we you know, I can only talk about that relationship because it's the last one I've had. Mm. But naturally fell into roles i mean yes. you know i more looked after the home he more looked after the garden would look after mm. the hens you know i mean we had our natural roles and i think even when it comes to sort of 
you know, sexuality and, and things like that, I think uh, I, I can't say for all men and women, but I think a lot of time men like to be more dominant sexually. Yeah. They, not, they like to take more charge with it. Um, I think when it comes to, you know, uh, being free sexually or, you know, how soon we have sex, I don't care what anyone says. I still think that there is a... Like for me personally, I wouldn't jump into bed with somebody. It's not because I care what anybody thinks, but it's just for me personally, it just wouldn't feel right. But I think if you do, I still think guys judge that. I think they judge it a bit. I think that I'm not saying that all men judge it, but I think there is still like a stigma around women who sleep around. Have As if they were men. Yeah, versus men just naturally don't. They're, they're, they, nobody thinks anything of a guy who right. might sleep with a girl on the first date or, you know, or has one night stands or casual relationships. It's just, you know, it, it's the same as like there's less taboo around an older guy dating a younger woman. There's, there's more of an issue around an older woman dating a younger guy. I, you know, it just doesn't matter what we, you know, it, it doesn't matter what we say around these things. There's certain stigmas attached to everything, and I just don't think they'll ever go. So I, yeah, I think to a certain degree, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know if you asked your boyfriend, but like, would he have, like, let's say, you know, I'm not saying he wouldn't have, let's say, date, like, let's take you out the picture for, for a minute. And let's say he was like chatting with somebody else. I'm not saying he wouldn't have stayed date, like dating her, let's say, had they had sex on the first date. But would he have had a bit of an opinion about it, even a slight one? Would he have had more respect for her or felt differently around? I'm trying to find the right words here. If, if they were dating for longer, I, you just kind of wonder. Well, speaking <clears throat> specifically about my fella, I, I, I don't know. He's a very open-minded individual. But if you take any yeah. man, yeah. if you take any man and put them into that situation, um, I suppose, look, I mean, I think it's going to go down to the individual, like in most things, it's going to go down to the individual relationship. I, we, we all have like our kind of biases and preconceived notions. And at the end of the day, if two people, if a man and a woman sleep together on the first or second date, or maybe they end up thinking, oh God, we actually did that a little bit too quickly. Mm. If they hit it off and are completely bonkers about each other, mm. I'm not sure that they're going to have an opinion. You know what I mean? It's well, they might like not, okay, well, so they might not have an opinion, but what are your thoughts? Then on, like the way I look at it is that I, it's not that I think there's, there's anything particularly wrong with, let's say, having sex on the first date, but you haven't really got to know the person. So then it would depend on where you're at and what you're looking for. Like for me yeah. personally, like, isn't it going to be nicer if you've taken the time to kind of get to know each other and you're kind of going, yeah, I really like this person and I'd like it to go somewhere. And so then I think when you start bringing the intimacy in on on that, it probably, well, I would think it would just feel a bit safer and also just a bit nicer because you've got that, like you've built up that bit of closeness together and right. you've, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. That would just be like it's not that I have a time frame on it specifically. It has to be like oh, date number six. I mean, nobody. I'm not saying that, but I just think for me, 
if you do it straight away, I think you're blurring the lines. Do you even know if you like this person? I don't think so. Well, that's just it. You can go out with someone on a first date, have a great first date. Yeah. Second date, you go, is this the same person? Third date, you're like, I don't fucking like this guy. I'm not going out with him again. <laughs> if, I mean, right. happened to you. you did one day, you were feeling it. And second date, you know, not in between much. Date and second, you were like, oh, I'm not sure. And the second day confirmed that you were. So imagine mm -hmm. if you had slept with him the first. Uh, you might have felt compelled to stay dating him. Well, you, that's I, precisely yes. I think that happens to a lot of women. If if they sleep yeah. with a guy too soon, they yeah. suddenly think that they like them more than they actually do. Yes. And then they do feel compelled yeah. to because they basically almost look like they've kind of landed themselves in a relationship without realizing that they did. Yeah. And four or five dates in, mm. you know, you've already slept with the guy twice and now you feel a connection because women just generally you usually do feel more of a, a connection. It's down to chemicals and pheromones and all that. Yeah. Once you sleep with someone, it's a very intimate thing. And then for a lot of people, there is, and I'd say men too, it can be, yeah. where they both then suddenly feel very connected to each other and almost, and even if they aren't, realizing it in the forefront of their mind there's almost an obligation to keep seeing each other when secretly yeah. the two of them could be on you know that fifth or sixth or seventh date going oh this person is exasperating me i'm not sure you know and yeah. because you've already slept with them you, yeah. you feel like you're dating them and then it's just like, it's a big mess and getting out of that is going to be a big mess whereas if people would just wait a little bit longer and get yeah. to know each other better before they yeah. get to that physical place, they can avoid a lot of bullshit. I think so. I, I just, yeah, I just think, especially as we get older, I suppose for me, you know, obviously, you know, we've both been in like long-term, you know, marriages before that, you know, were really with the wrong person. Like, do we want to do, keep on doing that? You know, well, oh, not but, see, but that's, see, that's another thing. I mean, not only is society completely changed into a, I want everything right now instantaneously. And we've talked on about this on previous podcasts, yeah. not only has society gone that way, but the thing is that the difference in ages, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager and a young adult in your early twenties, yeah, usually you haven't been burned too badly at that point not romantically not sexually you, you know that's maybe when some of the burning starts but but by the time you reach middle age and or let's just say by the time you're 35 and over you've yeah. learned significant lessons and relationships that have made you much more cautious because kids when we're young not yeah. only do we feel invincible because physically we feel great physically we look great you know everything you know the world is our oyster our future lays before us and we have no real baggage or no real damage, let's say, it makes you very optimistic and it makes you very kind of throw caution to the wind. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you go, oh, well, okay. So I slept with that person on the third date and, oh, it didn't work out, but hey, we had fun. Great if that works out and he's not like a sicko, psycho, toxic, you yeah. know, head wrecker. Great. And same for women. You know, guys will take that chance and good on you if she doesn't turn out to be a complete fucking nutter. But yeah. the, you know, the more chances we take when we're younger, we're not as cautious. That can lead you down a, a road. You make a mistake and suddenly you've got a problem on your hands or you're yeah. in a bad relationship. 
Well, that's where I just think like, you know, again, it's sort of like, what's the rush? You know, everyone's like rush, 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 rush all the time. It's sort of yeah, like. See, we've got the benefit of hindsight because we're older and I can yeah. speak my 21 year old self. Yeah. I, I was a clever bitch. <laughs> and I'm not going to say that I thought I knew everything, but I yeah. certainly thought I knew a lot more back then than I did. And it's only with the benefit of years and wisdom that I'm like, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> and I'm perfectly okay with admitting just how much I don't know about life. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Great. You know, I know I, I understand I'm a quasi intelligent person, but I also understand the depths, the vast amount of things that I don't know. And I think that's good because that keeps you humble and it can keep you safe. But when we're kids, we're just a lot freer. We're yeah. just a lot wilder, you know, the bad stuff hasn't beaten us down at all. No, and we've got also so much more time is ahead yes, of free time. I'm looking at my time now. I don't have as much time in front of me as I have behind me. So therefore, I just right. don't. You know. So it's not about trying to sort of, you know, meet the perfect person. But I'm just not going to I'm not going to date somebody unless there's a connection. It's a simple. It was as simple as that for me. Yeah. It, you know, it comes down to that. And the thing is, you know, like, as you know, as I've well learned with my journey with the online dating is that, you know, people can tick boxes and, you know, on paper go, oh, yeah, yeah, they're in my age group. They're, they're, they're they have this job or they have that, they've, you know, whatever. They're good looking, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> but then you just don't hit it off or you just don't whatever. So then, you know, then you have to kind of wonder. So this digital world that we would be going into, do we get to pick our person? Or are we going to meet a person? <laughs> well, that's, that's part of the risk that you're taking, apparently, is that if you're a person yeah. that dies, the person you loved in life doesn't die and decide to go with you into the digital heaven. Yeah. Or, or here's, here's a kicker. Let's say you've got a couple, they've, they, you know, they're in their 80s and they've been together for 50 years and they're so in love and they're six yeah. children and they're 200 grandchildren. And yes, baby, we're going to upload ourselves to the, to the cloud, to the heaven cloud. And we're going to go to San yeah. Junipero or whatever the fuck it's called. And we're going to be together for eternity. Yes, my love. Okay. Well, she's 86 and she's got cancer and she dies a week later and he's 87 and he's going, yep, I've got something wrong with me. The doc says I've only got two or three months left to go. And then I can be with my baby again. And we've, we've uploaded her to the cloud. And then he goes, you know what? I think I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of this world. <laughs> yeah. You know what? She was kind of getting on my tits this last half century. Maybe eternity isn't such a oh, good idea no. after all. You know what? I think I'm going to take my chances with regular death and uh, I'll see you when I see you. Catch you later, Gladys. And off oh, he goes. God. Can you imagine? Oh, and then, and then she's in the digital heaven going, looking at her watch going, what did, is he in the right place? Did he? Well, like, well, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what I'm just wondering though? You know, like who, I mean, cause I know my mom watched this black, what's it called again? Black mirror. Black Mirror, yeah, she watched all, all of it and she loved it, right? This is obviously before she died because it's been out a while. And mm. I think I might have looked at like, you know, half of the first one. I was just like, what the? I just, I didn't get into it. But I'm going to really look. But I have to wonder, like, <laughs> the people writing these shows, mm. like, are they high on weed or high <laughs> on something? 
like <laughs> to come up well, with like that. Look, I have to tell you, I get some of my best ideas. I'm uh, look, marijuana. I don't smoke a lot of it. I but I've I've always enjoyed it when I do. I am. I, I look. I, I'm a I'm a super creative person, and I am an idea person. Now, oh, getting my getting my ideas. The apple bong was ingenious and creative. Well, I didn't come up with that. Now, to be fair, <laughs> I didn't come up with that. But you know, look, I getting my ideas to fruition to completion sometimes is not my best strong suit because often what I'll do is I'll look at something and I'll, hmm, that's problematic. That's not going to work. I'm not going to waste my time. On to the next thing. But the thing about <laughs> marijuana for me. I'm like, I'm already, I mean, look at the fucking state of me. I'm, I'm on one coffee, you know, and I'm already, I've got this to do and I've got this to do and I have to finish writing my best-selling novel and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be the guacamole impresario of Ireland and I'm, and, and skincare and podcast and blah, 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 blah. And oh, let me come up with another fucking idea. And you're nearly as bad as me. I maybe, know. Yes. Maybe it's a Redmond thing. Maybe it's a Redmond thing. I think it might be. Yes, I think it's clearly a Redmond thing, yes. But sometimes I find when I smoke yeah. that the ideas become more cohesive and flow together. And if I'm stumped in something, yeah, in, a, in an idea or a project or in the middle of writing my book or whatever, I smoke a little bit and then it's just like a like a door has opened the gauntlet and then I've got like loads of information rushing in, but it's all very even though I'm stoned and I'm dopey as fuck, <laughs> I'm, I'm clear headed and quite, you know, there's mm -hmm. two different kinds of marijuana. There's uh, indica and sativa. And I always get them confused, which one is supposed to be the body high and which one is more of the mental, the, the mind high. Um, mm. There's one that would make you just physically more relaxed and it helps for pain and such. And I yeah. think that one that aside from sometimes you have a hard time getting off the sofa with that one, you just want to like, you just want to watch Black Mirror episodes and eat fucking Doritos. Um, then there's the one that's really a lot of fun when you you're getting it's this it's this the weed you smoke and you get up and you want to clean your whole house and listen to music and everything is just relaxed and joyful and you're okay. hippy dippy, you know. So do you need like, both types in the house at all times? Then yeah. you know what I might. No. Yeah, that might, be, that might be the way to go. Yes. Well, you know what? I'm so sorry, but I mean, wasn't it? I do believe, if I remember correctly, a certain uncle of mine named Lar that had like the finest, the finest bush in all of Wicklow. Yes, he did. That was my granddad. Yes, he did. It was actually a cousin of ours had asked to store them in his, um, you know, uh, like veranda, like or uh, you know, like a sunroom, and. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he didn't realize what it was. <laughs> oh, my hole, he fucking did. I have to wonder. Yeah, it was my mom that came over and said, Dad, you do know what you're growing. <laughs> yeah. Did he? What did he say to her? I can't remember. I think That's he was pretty hard. Um, I don't think it was his thing. You know, like he was a drinker. You know, like he liked his uh, hard liquor, like, he, you know, and uh, uh, see, I know that. But see, I seem to remember my dad told me once that Laura did tell him, oh, I've got the finest stash in all of Wicklow. <laughs> like he was that oh. he said that to his brother. But here's the thing now, Jody, Laura, Morgan, your mom, they're all dead. So we can't fucking ask any of them. I know. I Well, my mom now, certainly my mom, you know, used to smoke it now and again. Now, I'm pretty naive when it comes to 
you know, to weed and stuff. I don't really, I don't really always know the difference between one thing and another. Mm. Um, I mean, I have smoked it, um, but I mean, I haven't, you know, it's not something I would do very often. I haven't really mm. for years. Um, and, you know, my ex-husband would, wouldn't have been into anything like that. The first husband, yes. So we mm. did occasionally, but like not all the time, like not every day, be like once in a while. And my mom and a girl, like her best mate, a girlfriend of hers, um, now she would have been big into smoking um, grass, her and her husband were. So I think for them, it was like a daily occurrence. I mean, they, as far as I remember, they would smoke it every day. Now, I remember, I think I was about, <laughs> about, I think I was about 20 and I had gone down to her for an evening to have a few drinks and she had some grass. So what's the difference? You've got grass and then you've got. Well, they're, they're, those are all just, oh, well, look, I mean, there's hash, which is a complete, not a completely different thing from weed, but it, it would be different from the marijuana. Yeah. It all comes from marijuana, but hash is, uh, look, I wouldn't really enjoy smoking hash. It's supposed to be, oh God, I've forgotten over the years, but almost like a more concentrated, like it comes in a little block. Block, that's you, right. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you'd break that down and put it into your pipe or put it in. I don't particularly care for hash. I don't think it's as nice. But marijuana, when you're just smoking the actual bud, yeah, and that that would be you know weed, grass, uh, yeah. Mary Jane, all of the. Yeah, well, that's what my mum's uh, girlfriend oh. been into smoking. Yeah, right. And and I may I, I remember actually having a joint with her anyway. And well, my God, I think I slept for fourteen hours. <laughs> yeah, like. I literally floated home. I remember having to walk home and literally, <laughs> and I get like, I'm giggly anyway. So yeah. I get like super giggles. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, that was probably my best experience. She had some good stuff. Whereas now, I don't know. Like you have to be careful. I think these days, what mm. you're, you know, what you're getting. Unless you grow it yourself, which don't even get me started on that. This country, good God, why is it illegal? It's so ridiculous. Well, but yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Because for me personally, it's a bit like prostitution. I think both should be legalized. Yep. Prostitution yep. should be legalized because I think it has a place. And those men and women would be so much safer if we just legalized yep. that. It, you know, it's something that men and women need. I personally haven't visited a prostitute. But if I wanted to, I should be able to, you know. Yes. And, you know, and I know primarily, you know, uh, a lot of men do like to visit prostitutes for well look know. i mean there's the, been the rise of this uh, this term uh incel and i yeah. only learned a couple of years ago what that even i had to google it i went you know what urban dictionary what is this new fucking <laughs> word involuntarily celibate incel oh. and this this uh, these are the guys who you know they talk about it a lot in the united states these angry young men and may, maybe not all young middle-aged as well these angry men that are walking around angry because they can't get laid. And right. they always talk about when there's a violent crime or there's a mass shooting in the United States, oh, it's probably some white incel. Well. So, so would I have been classed as an incel because I, because I was celibate for like nearly eight years? Then is that no, what that was an involuntary baby. If you had tried, if you had lifted your head up, you'd have had, you know, the, the, the buffet of cock. You, they would have been throwing it all at you. You made the choice to be celibate. Yes. And that's okay. If you had wanted to get laid, you could have. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think online dating has made that abundantly clear, sweetie. <laughs> if you wanted to get it, you could have gotten it. 
That's very true. Okay, but we're talking about we're talking about men that have no game whatsoever. Okay. Men men that cannot get laid for one reason or another. Maybe they physically are not maybe the most desirable. Okay. And, and and look, women would be harder to please in that category anyway. I mean, you, yeah. you yourself know, like at the end of the night when 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 the pubs would, you know, do the lights and okay, you can't you got you can't stay here, you gotta go so get out. And yeah. you know, there'd be you know, drunk men trying to find a woman for the night. Like it's <laughs> just I just think that women are pickier yeah. overall who they take take home with them. And I think sometimes men, not always, yeah. uh, especially with a few drinks. But imagine the guys who cannot get laid for trying, who cannot ply women with drinks, who cannot, who, people who, guys who have no game, no charm, no sex yeah. appeal, whatever. Yeah. And some people, and also I'm going to say something, and this is very possible and part of the problem as well and I'm not necessarily saying they're all incels but there are men out there because let's say they have a a disorder or a disability or something about them that makes them different they're yeah. going to have a harder time approaching women they're going to have a harder time talking to them hitting on them flirting and it's not necessarily their fault they could be a great guy uh people in wheelchairs people with physical uh, disabilities people with different things guys on the spectrum who yeah, yeah. Nicest, nicest guys in the world but yeah. maybe they were never taught how to speak to women and the stuff that comes yeah. out of their mouth is you know yeah. a little too honest you know he's chatting up a, a cute girl in a bar and she makes a comment about oh well I didn't want to come out in this dress tonight because I was afraid I looked fat and maybe a guy on the spectrum will go well yeah it is a little tight on you you know, like, and boom, there you go. You're not getting her number, are you? So, yeah. I mean, I think there's a myriad of men out there. Yeah. And because sex is a very needed, it, it. I don't care what anybody says. I think it ranks up there with shelter, food, air. It's, it's a part of life. We're physically ingrained to need it and to want it. Yeah. So imagine if, imagine if a guy is going the whole of his life and he can't get it. I mean, I think they should have, to, they should be able to procure sex. Yes. Well, that's what, absolutely. I completely agree. I think it's, a, I think it's insane actually that it's not legalized because especially when we know it's going on, it's a bit like, you know, years ago when abortion was illegal and yet yeah, we, you know, we, we had that going it's on. Happening. Yeah. Killing women. It was exactly the same thing. It's sort of like, we just need to legalize these things. So I think the same with, with, you know, with marijuana you know, like it has its purpose. I mean, you know, besides, yeah, besides some people just wanting to use it, you know, for recreational reasons and just, you know, chilling out or having a bit of fun or whatever. But like it's been proven to help people with who suffer with seizures and, mm. you know, like I think in the States, it's quite legalized. You can get and I know that's different because they're, they're pulling the uh, for more medicinal reasons, isn't it? And you can get like a prescription. Well yes and no i mean it kind of started out medicinal and it has gone to just recreational and there's dispensaries and, and some states it's different than others but for the most part it's pretty much been kind of decriminalized across the board and it's legal in a lot of states i know california and colorado for one example uh, they they've got the dispensaries everywhere and you just go in and you buy it and it's and yeah. the thing is not only are they making a shit ton of revenue i mean colorado I think was one of the first states to go, yeah, we're not doing this bullshit anymore. And they made it legal. And Colorado's yeah. been making 
billions. They're making money hand over fist. The only thing that infuriates me is, of course, the United States waits until I leave for Europe to fucking make it legal. Because I'd have been road trip to Colorado. Anyone? Hello. But I mean, never- if you look at, you know, if you look at the insanity sometimes with Western medicine, their views on Western medicine versus, let's say, herbal, you know, so let's if we just put weed into like it's a herbal, you know, it's it's a natural product. Right. Of course. I mean, yeah. Well, yes. And we look at, you know, GPs that will throw out, you know, a man made, let's say, medication for depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. MS, all those other, you know, whatever else that's going on out there. Whereas actually, you know, like weed can actually be really helpful with a lot of these things. And so if we just sort of legalize it, I mean, again, yes, we, the country would also make money on it. I mean, there's yeah. no problem legalizing cigarettes and alcohol. And as far as I'm, I know, they're a lot worse. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is there's absolutely no medicinal benefit to tobacco whatsoever. Uh, there's uh, we could argue back and forth about the medicinal properties of alcohol. Sure. Yes. A little bit, but it's tiny. It's everything in moderation. If you have one glass of red wine a day, that's supposed to be very good for you. But I mean, hello in Ireland and in most places, people don't just have one glass a day. Yeah. They drink to excess. Uh, even people who don't think they drink to excess probably drink to excess. Yeah. And, uh, look, I enjoy the occasional, well, actually I haven't now for quite some time, but even a cigarette can be enjoyable if you have one every great once in a while, if you're into that kind of thing, some people just don't like it end of, and that's fine. But, you know, the occasional glass of wine, you know, or, or two or three with dinner on one night of the week for me personally is enough. I enjoy that that's all I need. I don't need alcohol every day. Yeah. I don't need marijuana every day. I don't need anything every day. Yeah. I take a light every day, oh. but that's different. You take sex right. every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I think if you feel that you need it, like a substance, that could be an issue. That could be a problem. I mean, because look, they say that marijuana isn't addictive. And I believe overall, for the most part, for most people, it's probably not. However, yeah. however, there are, I think, some people in the minority who maybe they have highly addictive personalities anyway. Yeah. yeah. And maybe people who would veer towards depression, psychosis, a yeah. lot of marijuana wouldn't be necessarily good for them. I don't know if you've ever had enough, if you've ever smoked marijuana and had a panic attack because of the marijuana. I have. That's the thing. No, but I, do, I do know somebody that has. I won't mention any names. Yeah, oh, no, don't, don't, definitely don't. But yeah, identity on it. But she actually can't smoke it. It just actually sort of spins her out. She gets, you know, really kind of out of it. Honestly, yeah. she has freaked out on it. Yeah. So she, it, for her, it's like a no no. She just can't do it. Well, see, there are some people, and again, I'd say they're in the minority. There are some people who absolutely should never touch marijuana. Any, any, psychoactive substance, anything that's going to alter their brain chemicals because they're just not able for it. Now I did smoke a lot in my twenties. Um, that was in part due to my ex-husband because he was ridiculous, uh, the amount that he smoked, but it was also, I, I know in hindsight, it was so that I could stick him. It was, it was much easier yeah. for me to stick him 
to, I was like, all right, yeah, give us a I'll, I'm very mellow. Liz is, you know, I can, I, when I'm completely sober, I can put up with most assholes. Imagine <laughs> me with a half a joint in me for the day. I mean, I'm going to be like peace, love and sheep. Oh yeah. You're a dickhead. Yeah. Come on. It's nice ground. I'll make you a sandwich. We'll watch your film. Don't worry about it. You yeah. know, like I, I was even more laid back. That's not necessarily a good thing, but I think, Look, I mean, I didn't smoke until I was an adult. Um, I never tried weed when I was a teenager. Uh, mostly, it really just, it wasn't offered to me. And I also had no desire, you know? I really didn't. Um, I think the dodgiest thing I did as a, as a teenager was I had my first cigarette when I was 12. And it was disgusting. And I was like, I'm never doing that shit again. And I probably didn't start to, to really mess with cigarettes until I was about 16. Okay. Um Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, no, I, I did. Yeah. I think I was probably around the same about cigarettes. Drugs have never been anything that really appealed to me. They were mm -hmm. all around me. You know, I grew up in a city as a teen in my teenage years. And <clears throat> I would say the there was maybe one or two of my friends that weren't into any kind of drugs either, but the yeah. vast majority of my other friends, you know, were either like, you know, like I had a couple of friends that lived in the country and they're all about, you know, doing the mushrooms, mm. you know, ecstasy was big back then then the e came out i think wasn't it and i don't know i, I can't remember them all now that's the same I, thing yeah ecstasy all right okay yeah. well i don't know i just it, it's never <laughs> been something that, yeah that's how clueless i would be with drugs i don't really know much about them i mean uh, i wouldn't have been into i can't remember if any friends were in, into anything really kind of hard and yeah. it's not from a judgmental point of view i just suffer with claustrophobia and so i've always had this thing of like uh not really liking to feel too out of control either because it made me feel yeah. so I've always been very nervous around drugs so it's not a judgment thing but it's like if you have one too many drinks you can get a coffee you can kind of sober up quick enough right you can kind of get rid of it you know quicker throw yourself in a shower I kind of feel with drugs like you know I don't know like any of them you 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 have no control over them you've got to it's, it's going to have to just leave you. So I think that's always made me a bit nervous. You're around. stuck on that fucking roller coaster. Yeah, there's no getting off. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, I know from like my mom, you know, when she grew up, I mean, obviously she was she grew up in the 70s and she was very experimental. And she did uh, drop some acid, I think, once with her sister and somebody else. And like, it literally freaked her out. She said all she could see was she couldn't get off the edge of the room <clears throat> because she could see a pit that she was going to fall in, you know, like she saw all sorts of stuff. And that's just, you see that to me would be just too out of control. I think for me now, yeah, hallucinogenics, not necessarily a good time. No, no I mean, I, I know, again, I know people who have done them and, you know, and would be into them and some are still into them. It's just never appealed to me personally. Weed, I can't remember if I smoked it when I was really young. I can't really, I think, oh yeah, no, I did actually, because I had a friend, so probably at 15 or 16, I, yeah, I smoked a little bit here and there. Um, I used to do the blowbacks. Is that what pe people still do those? Shotgun? Is that what they call that? Yeah. Um, so a little bit, but like that very, very sporadic. It's not something I've actually, you know, like some people are into smoking weed and they would do it like, on a daily or a weekly basis, like your ex-husband, I have a friend who used to smoke it on a daily basis. 
that wouldn't really float my boat. Like like you around the alcohol, I don't need alcohol every day. I definitely wouldn't want to smoke weed every day. Well, but I just also think that after what, like aside from potency and needing more and more and more of it to get the same high yeah. or the same fit, would it not get a little boring? I mean, I think it's kind of something to look forward to. Yes, I, I well, that's kind of how I'd view it. Like sometimes I'll, you know, get like have a good few drinks and usually do crazy audios to you while I'm dancing around half naked in my bedroom has been done many, many a time over the last year. Um, you know, and then sometimes I don't do that, you know, so well, I think- but imagine if you had rum and Coke every night and you were doing that, I'd be Jesus Christ, Jody, put your clothes on. You've got a problem, you know, I'd be running down the street naked. I don't know what it, it is. It wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun. Oh, I, I I know I don't know what this obsession is with me having a few drinks and getting half naked but it is a thing <laughs> but you know with the weed thing yeah I think you know now and again you know um like yeah I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it and I'd have no issue around that would I want to be with somebody that smokes all the time I think that would be an issue for me would it be an issue for you like what's your feelings on that because I know you've been there. <laughs> well, so I, I've, I've been there and, you know, different guys that I've dated had different things, you know, and different things that you like or you don't like. But yeah. I just, I need somebody and thank God I'm with somebody who is very much like myself in a, we'll play it by ear kind of capacity. Yeah. You know, do you want some drinks this weekend? Yeah. No. Eh. If we don't feel like it, we'll get a Heineken Zero because they're delicious and they taste better than actual Heineken. And for whatever reason, that ritual of having a beer on, let's say, a hot day, yeah, you, go, you know, it's nice. It's something to do on a Saturday, even without the alcohol. You kind of go, this is still enjoyable. I don't know why, but it is. Or when we're in the mood and we split a bottle of red wine and it's just it just relaxes us, but we don't even really get... yeah very drunk you know we just get kind of very chill i yeah. couldn't be with somebody I, I just have this thing where i can pick stuff up up and put it down very easily and i mean that goes for cigarettes alcohol the occasional recreation recreational drug even certain types of foods i mean yeah. uh saturday would be like our day that we are quite not because he would be quite health conscious and i would be quite health conscious and and, and trying to be more so as we get older, you know, and, and, and um, work out more, pay attention to the, the diet, the food, the supplements. So Saturday is our day to just throw that out the window and let's have some rubbish, yeah. you know, a little bit of rubbish. But again, in moderation, I couldn't be with someone who ate McDonald's Monday through Friday. Yeah. I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't be with someone who smoked again. again every day I couldn't do that like if you want to yeah. oh it's Christmas let's get a packet of, of bags and have one because it's cold and oh that was fun because we had one and now we feel like we're gonna throw up yeah. you know <laughs> uh, I, let's, uh, let's drop some mushrooms like I've never done mushrooms I'd love to try them yeah I'm still scared that I'm gonna one day pick the raw I don't know what I'm doing and I don't put me in charge of picking the mushrooms because I'll pick the ones that kills, kill, kill, kill yeah. the village yeah. you know yeah, I, I, mean, I have to definitely get that from a reputable source. I am not going out to any fields myself and trying to do this because I will fuck it up. And uh, but no, like if it, I couldn't be with someone who needed to drink every single day. Yeah, I couldn't be with someone who had to smoke marijuana every single day because yeah. also it, you kind of go, hang on. I understand some people like to do things to decompress or whatever, but there are also some people who 
wake up in the morning and immediately wake and bake. Yeah. That's fun if you're on holiday. Yeah. But it's not fun to me to start your day with marijuana, have it throughout the day, end your day. Like, what is it in your life that you need to unplug from so badly? Well, that's that what I'm sober. Yeah, I, that's what I would wonder because I had this conversation with, with a girlfriend of mine years ago because her husband was, you know, big into smoking, like on and off all day long, every day. And then she would also come in from work every day and have, have a smoke, right? And I remember her arguing with me about it because she said to me, Jody, it's exactly me having a joint every night is exactly the same as you having a cup of tea. And I said, no, no. It's-. I said, no it's not because the cup of tea isn't doing anything to me. You know, wh- why is it that you like? And the thing is, like, it's like I'm just, you know, we've talked about this before. That we're very curious by nature. So it's not like a judgment. It's not like a, you know, but it's like I'm curious as to, yeah, why would you need to be getting off your face every day? So, well, I, 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 well, I think I've got a part of that answer. I think. And again, this goes back to tolerance levels. Because yeah. I would be someone, and I think you are too, I have a very, for lack of a better term, weak system or very sensitive. I have a very sensitive system. Okay. If you give me uh, painkillers that from the doctor where some people might need two, I need one Yeah. where, you know, some uh, always, always, always my friends growing up, my girlfriends, whoever I partied with, even when I was drinking a lot and, and, and bartending back in the day, and I would have had alcohol a lot throughout the week with yeah. so my tolerance levels were higher. I still couldn't drink I couldn't keep up with anybody else. And I, I only ever got into trouble when I tried. So I think that for the people who come home every day and they have to have a glass of wine or two to decompress, or they have to have a half a joint or a joint every day to decompress. I think it just basically speaks to maybe not even necessarily addiction, but I think it it goes into a tolerance thing that the more that you have something, the more your body can tolerate it to a certain extent. And then you need more of that. Yeah. Well, think about it even in terms of chocolate. Like I've always found it interesting that if I go, not necessarily on a diet, but if you just go through a period or a phase where you're not eating a lot of sweets, naturally you're listening to your body and you're just not eating a lot of sugar, not eating. If you go to pick up a Snickers bar, you're going to be like, holy, whoa, holy fuck, that's a lot of sugar because you're not used to it. Whereas people who eat shit every single day, eat rubbish every single day, their bodies are used to that amount of salt, sugar chemicals and so it's like nothing like you know yeah no that's true because actually years ago I never used to have sugar in my tea or coffee and then I I think I was pregnant on my first child and all of a sudden I think I was about seven or eight months pregnant I was quite towards the end of the pregnancy I craved some sugar in my tea and then ever since then I've taken sugar in my tea and coffee and now I'm primarily a coffee drinker so Mm -hmm. I would only have maybe a cup of tea once in the day, usually of a nighttime. Now with my cup of tea, I'd only have maybe one and a half to two sugars. In my coffee, like I'm having three and they're probably more like four the way I scoop them Holy in. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. You're really going. Yeah. Well, I've, I've gone absolutely dreadful. So I nearly need to go actually cold turkey with the sugar to try and reset because clearly the, like it's nearly like the more sugar I'm having, the more I need in my coffee. It's not tasting yes, as good. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, so it's a bit, I get like on that cycle with, because I have a desperate sweet tooth, I get on that cycle with food as well, where I can get very addicted to eating chocolate and yeah. Well, and I, see, I think like I've recently tried to start drinking my coffee black, completely black, no sweetener, no milk. And um, 
I did that just as an experiment to see if I could do it. Yeah. I, I did manage to stick to that most days for about a fortnight before I was like, yeah, I don't like this. Uh, I just, you know, I like my coffee to be really tasty. And for me, that means a little bit of sweetener and a little bit of milk. However, what I did notice was that, you know, I could take the coffee black, freshly brewed, boiling hot, you throw in a little bit of cold water. A friend of mine gave me that tip and it actually tastes the change. Er, tastes the change. Fuck me. <laughs> Changes yeah. the taste of it. And that actually makes it really much more palatable. And you go, yeah. oh, this is actually nice. So now yeah. I've gotten myself to a place where if I had no other option but to take a black coffee, I yeah. could do it and enjoy it. Whereas 20 years ago, I'd have been gagging. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'll skip the coffee if I have to drink it black. Yeah. Now I'm also at a point where if somebody puts too much milk or too much sugar or sweetener in my coffee or tea, I can't drink it. Right. It, it should become ruined. So we can taste our, we can, fuck me. I'm doing it again. We can yeah. train our taste buds. Yeah. yeah. But we can't train me to talk. Apparently we can train our taste buds. And I think we can train the receptors in our bodies and our liver you can build up a tolerance. You can build your tolerance for alcohol and any other drug up. Yeah. And yeah. you can also lower it naturally by how? By abstaining from it. It's almost like fasting. It's fasting. Yeah. Well, you I know, think, when you're, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, well I'm definitely, I'm, I'm a person that likes to keep things in moderation, like what you were talking about before. So I think, you know, I, I think everything in moderation, I have no problem with alcohol in moderation. I'd have no problem with, weed in moderation, mm -hmm. junk food in moderation, like that. I don't do it all the time. I wouldn't get takeaway all the time. I don't eat loads of right. time, but it is there. It's like, I love a can of Coke. I'm not drinking it every day, but I have, but I always, you know, so I think everything in moderation, but I like that, I think I'd have an issue with anybody across the board with anything. If they were, you know, too much in any extreme, it would probably bother me, but yeah, with the, with, yeah, the we I just think we naturally build up tolerances to things the yeah. more that we're exposed to them. Yeah. Yeah. To chemicals and substances now. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's not, not always a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't be with somebody who smoked or had to do drugs or had to drink every single day. It's supposed yeah. to be recreational, supposed to be fun. Yes. You know? And that's where I kind of associate it. Like I would put, you know, alcohol and, you know, I mean, the fact that we're primarily talking about weed, I would put those in the same category that they're like a weekend thing to do or a holiday thing to do, or if you're at a party or right. if you're hanging out for a bit of fun. Yeah, there's no, I have no issue around that. But would I want to be married to somebody or date somebody that felt a need to smoke it every day, three times yeah. No, it, 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 it's Wednesday morning and we have to get the kids out the door to school and then go on to work and you're going to drive stoned off your gourd. I mean, I'd have an issue with that if you were driving drunk, you know, yeah. if it's, it's 10 in the morning and you're putting Bailey's in your coffee, everybody, yeah. on, everybody knows you're only allowed to do morning Bailey's drinking at Christmas. Hello. <laughs> you know, that's one of the rules uh, about what well, for me personally, I think it hits about December 20th and I go right onto the day drinking for the next few days. Yeah. I can just, you know, a little bit of Bailey's in my coffee and sorted, but not, you know, you don't want to get carried away. Yeah. yeah. It's not the thing. I mean, you, you know, going back to like, you know, you have to be like, my concern would be, 
if I if if I was around somebody that was needing to drink alcohol every day or smoke weed every day, I would be concerned as to what's the problem here? What's what's going right. on? Right. From a mental health point of view that you're feeling the need to get off your face all the time. Like, why are you trying to exit where you're yeah. at? You know, because that's kind of what you're trying. Well, I would be presuming that's what you're trying to do if you're doing that all the time. Yeah, you're you're wanting to escape reality all yeah. the time. You know, make your reality good enough to where you don't want to escape it, you know? I know, but it's an interesting topic, isn't it? Because it's such, you know, you've got people who are very, you know, for drugs and very, then people obviously are very against it. And then you've got people that are in the middle and, you know, it would be interesting, like, obviously, we have our views and we're talking about some of it now, but it'd be interesting to see what other people's views are, like, you know, where are people at with this? And, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think society is definitely changing. The mores of society have changed a lot in the last 20 to 30 years. Many more people are just much more open to the uh, idea of marijuana across the board anyway. Yeah. And honestly, I think definitely we're going to have to pick this up on the next podcast. I'm going to ask you some questions in the next podcast about at what age, like personally, I think it should be kind of, again, but more to the point, if, if marijuana, prostitution, drugs, lots of things were legalized, they could be taxed as a source of revenue for the state. And they could also be regulated and keep everyone much safer. So instead of like kids getting their hands on, which we know they still get their hands on booze at 13, 14, 15, and they're still going to get their hands on drugs at those ages as well. But mm. if marijuana was made available, both mm. medicinally and recreationally through the state, uh, not that I would <laughs> expect Ireland not to botch that up for a while. Uh, <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> But I mean, look, I mean, something like, you know, they're 18 or 21 in order to access to buy it legally. I think yeah. it would make things safer. I don't know that a young brain needs to be exposed to any mind altering substances. You know, I don't think 13 year olds should be drinking cans of Bulmers in the yeah. field or messing around with drugs or doing anything that's going to really because their brains are still developing. They're still kind of so green, you know, yeah. but um well, listen, on the next podcast, I'd like to pick it up back up with marijuana because I could spend several podcasts talking about it. I, I'm a huge fan, even though I don't take, you know, take part every day or, well, hardly ever anymore, partly because it's illegal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I'd like to hit back on marijuana and maybe we can talk about some of the organizations in Ireland because there is, there does seem to, there does seem to be a grassroots movement of people yeah. who are pushing more and yeah. more for legalization. So yeah. uh, if, if that's all right with you, Jody, we will start yeah. next podcast with pot. Yeah. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Yeah. Let's continue on the weed. <laughs> all righty. That sounds great. Okay. Well, from counties Louth and Wicklow, thank you so much for joining us. I don't know what the hell this podcast was about, but <laughs> maybe by the next one I'll know. So but the next one. Join us because we're going to be talking more about marijuana and maybe steps we could take to help legalization on this yes. lovely little green island. Yes. All right. Thanks again for joining me, Jody. Yes. Thanks, bye. everyone. All right, honey. Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again for joining us. Bye-bye.